the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Oh, boy. Uh, earnings season starting to extend. And as it does, we're learning more and more about how corporate America is doing, and that's how the U.S. economy is doing, right? Is that the easiest way of putting those two together, so to speak? Uh, some pockets are missing, and some pockets are, are hitting quite well. Markets opened lower. Said digesting last night's earnings reports. What did they have to say? Um, let's see. Performance has been tipped a bit recently. First and foremost, by Boeing and Caterpillar following their earnings reports. But 3M is moving higher as they had a nice quarter, positive reaction to results. A lot of times you're thinking about reactions as are they positive or negative. Tesla's 10% lower. Boy, oh boy, does every analyst call this one right? When they report earnings, the stock is just going to need a hit because they just don't have it. So the Nasdaq's being weighed down by Tesla. Some expected weakness in semiconductor stocks, which have gone parabolic lately. Boom, boom, boom! I'm going to the moon. Anytime things that have become overbought because of being, you know, the chart looks parabolic, there there could be some weakness, and there should be some weakness. You get a tap fiscal second quarter revenue outlook from Xilinx. Seems likely to bring most of the stocks down. Xilinx is a big semiconductor player. It's been a lumpy quarter. Sometimes we're coming out of a report saying, wow, things look great for semiconductors. And then a little bit of weakness from Xilinx, and we're like, uh-oh. Things are a little bit softer than expected. Ford, Southwest, and PayPal, all laggards, all tied towards their latest earnings results and or maybe guidance. Facebook straddling Right now, uh, they're going to start decelerating sequentially. Their revenue-targeting ad headwinds are starting to come in. But the shares are up about 1.6% because they had a great quarter. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. The ECB president, the European Central Bank, he's the, the fellow or the counter to the United States Federal Reserve chairman, Jerome Powell. He said that the ECB is determined to act if inflation runs lower and is ready to adjust all instruments as appropriate. To that end, he acknowledged that the European Central Bank is looking at tiered rates and quantitative easing purchases. Not a big surprise. Draghi, Mario Draghi, the ECB head, has been dangling carrots now for as long as he can, trying to say, hey, we'll do what we need to. Hey, we'll do what we need to. Hey, we'll do what we need to. Did I tell you, do you want to do what we need to? So the ECB has a, a banker who's saying, we got the economies back. <laughs> Again, that's a wonderful thing on so many levels, but on a, a reality level, we really don't want bankers saying we got the economies back. But it's kind of coming with the territory in this day and age. But we really don't want it. We want to be like, we're so strong. 
And then we want to have a reserve to say, well, if things get too hot and too strong and then everyone starts buying, you know, consumables and we're going to, and inflation starts to run higher, then the, the Federal Reserve can slow things down. But they're trying to pick things up. And it's really not the best signal, in my opinion. But again, it comes with the territory in this time. A little bit of financial engineering, not the worst thing in the world, I suppose. Little genetic modified organisms, little genetic modified corn, wheat. I don't know if that's good, but we can modify an economy. <clears throat> but same kind of problem. Is that real? Is there going to be a problem with that engineering? So there's no shortage of news today. Let's talk a little bit about Tesla. I think it's a company that a lot of us could understand. I don't like Teslas. The chief technology is leaving the company after 15 years with the company. And that kind of, you go, huh, that's a pretty big departure. And you start thinking about it. Then you go, well, they're not making a lot of money. And there's a question, uh, well, they're not making any money. And they're raising money. Um, well, let's keep talking about it. Tesla plummeted 13% worse than expected loss. A big management change. Despite delivering a record number of vehicles in the second quarter, Tesla lost a bigger deficit than any analyst projected. CEO Elon Musk is hoping to earn a profit in the three months ending in September. He's going to prioritize that. And again, a lot of financial engineering. So co-founder J.B. Strobel, who's been with Tesla since before the billionaire CEO joined the board 15 years ago, is leaving the technology officer job. The very weak results at Strobel's step back risk undermining Musk's bid to sustainably make money. The quarter was so bad, it's calling into a path of profitability for the company. That's pretty interesting stuff. So the Model Y is kind of what we're talking about now. But when you lose a chief technology officer, sometimes they're the team leader. Sometimes they're the energy. So um, Tesla's automotive gross margin shrank to 18.9% from 20.6%. The decline was driven by the lower average selling price of the company's vehicles. I don't see any good news here. I'm not being mean. I, I don't hate Tesla. I, I, if you own shares, I think you kind of know what you're getting right now. If you don't own shares um, and drive one, I'd be a little worried. I think you've, uh, I think the viability of the company or things that they've promised in the past are questionable. Morgan Stanley says we continue to believe Tesla is fundamentally overvalued, but strategically undervalued. That's a nice thing to say. They expect discussions around the nature and value of the company's technology to be an important part of the narrative going forward. Goldman Sachs is a sell rating on the company. They said, we believe this will weigh on shares as investors questions ability to maintain a vehicle profitability while increasing demand. Even if they could sell more of them and make more of them, they're not anywhere close to profiting on them. They're losing money on them. It's a loss leader. A lot like the new Xbox, the new Sony PlayStation coming out next year. There'll be so much technology in them that companies like Microsoft and Sony will lose money. But where they'll make money is in the selling the bundles. They sell their technology to companies like Electronic Arts and Take-Two Interactive and Activision Blizzard and say, if you want to sell your video games on our platform, you have to license our technology. So one of the things that you see is companies like Activision, Electronic Arts, they do bundles, like maybe a sports bundle when you buy something. And that's how Microsoft and Sony start to make their money back. Licensing. Bank of America has an underperform on Tesla. RBC has an underperform on Tesla. Citibank has a sell Tesla, high-risk rating Tesla. There's nothing likable from the analyst community, and maybe that's a good thing because everyone's already negative. 
I own no shares of Tesla. I don't see a path to profitability, so I have to pass on it. Initial claims for unemployment for July 20th declined by 10,000. That's not a problem in the U.S. economy. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial. Brand new website, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Taking a look at the markets. We're having a down day. We've had a very much so up month and an up quarter and an up year. So um, it's all about perspective, right? Are with me against me? Tesla's down about 14% today, down about 36 bucks. I started my producer in the commercial break, and uh, long story short, he's like, he doesn't like Tesla for a different reason than I don't. And it's easy to say things like, I think the stock goes to zero. I don't think the stock goes to zero. But I don't see a path to profitability, so I don't understand how you value the stock other than say, well, there's a lot of, of technology there, and you may be able to sell that off or maybe be able to integrate with another company. Um, if two companies get desperate enough, maybe they merge. Or if a company like a Ford says, you know, we like a lot of what they do, but we could do it better. I'm not saying Ford's going to buy them. But that's the hope at this point in time if you're looking at Tesla and their ability to earn profits. Nike unveils a major sneaker innovation. This, these are like business stories that I really like because you're like a sneaker innovation. Um, yeah. The word Nike, the word air, we've been using that combo for 20 plus years, but something that they've been trying to do for the last 20 years is come up with a, an implementation of a new technology, which is basically putting little micro bubbles, little micro beads that conform to your feet inside their shoes. Nike has put a ton of things in the past in their shoes. Foam, different kinds of rubber, air. Nike changed the shoe game when it used technology developed by former NASA engineer Frank Rudy, which allowed the designers to implement pouches of airs inside hollow midsoles. So Nike and air kind of go together, but this new technology, and I'm always interested in stuff like this. Um, I know a lot of runners who have to give up running because just through your lifetime, you're going to destroy your body, right? So the less damage we do on our body, and the shoes seem to be a big part of that, um, are of note. The Joyride Run Flyknit is going to be available July 25th for Nike members, and we'll have a retail launch for around August 15th, priced around $180. Um, it is not a surprise to me that it, it is a premium brand, and that's a lot of money for a pair of shoes. So, and we pay it out because we believe there's a new bead cushioning system, which is be better than the last bead cushioning system or air cushioning system or foam cushioning system or rubber cushioning system. I remember when Nike was selling those stupid red looking shoes that had the toes in them. I know someone's still buying them. <clears throat> I know someone's still buying them. Well, the toes, it just looked like, you know, for some reason, to me, it looked like Aztec artwork or something like that. I don't know how, why I'm saying that, but it just... It was no bueno for me. Other big stories of note today. Have you been to a mall recently? You probably notice a lot less foot traffic. People enjoy using Grubhub. People enjoy using uh, services to deliver their goods to them. They don't necessarily have to go to the mall, which stinks because I remember very well some of the ideas of 
going to the mall, having mom drop me off at school, not at school, but at the mall on like a Friday night. Um, so mall traffic is a big story. It's a trend. It's, um, something along those lines, right? People don't go to the local mall like they used to though. Do you remember when you would go and you'd get a movie ticket? Movie ticket was like at seven o'clock and you were there at like five 30. So you got your ticket you're like, well, I'm going to go to the pretzel store and then maybe do a little bit of shopping. One of the big things moving into shopping malls now is virtual reality, pop-up malls and Star Wars themed. You can do no wrong. There's a company now that's basically setting up entertainment as a destination of a mall, record wave of store closures, and a lot of virtual reality little pop-up malls. And these things are expensive. Star Wars, Secrets of the Empire. Later this summer, there's going to be um, other virtual reality themes like Ralph Rex's virtual reality. So who's making money here? Well, it sounds like Disney yet again. Uh, but there's something called The Void, and The Void is this big virtual reality thing. It's pulled in a lot of money uh, from venture capitalists thinking uh, virtual reality is going to be kind of awesome, and people are going to want to pay premium dollars for that kind of entertainment. My problem is it, it feels like premium dollars for like six minutes or eight minutes of entertainment, and it doesn't feel where it should feel at this time. Oh, by the way, did you guys see the um, Top Gun sequel opening at Comic-Con? Somehow, Captain Maverick is still a captain 30 years after his first flight, but uh, that's okay. That's okay. I don't know how you could be captain for that long, but somehow he is. Um Yes, really. But that's a paramount thing. And it's it's almost like the cat, you know, who drags the dead squirrel through the yard. It's like squirrel's still not alive. It still looks dead to me. Um, but Top Gun Maverick's being produced in part by Tencent Pictures, which is a Chinese film distributor and also publicly traded. It's also a strange backdoor into um, Battle Royale and Fortnite and Epic. Tencent owns part of that. So Tencent also co-financed films like Wonder Woman, Kong Skull Island, and Mumblebee. So that gets some of these media plays a, a smooth entry into China. Interesting stuff, right? You keep hearing about drug pricing plans. And would that be good news or bad news? There's a nice article in today's Barron's talking about, and I don't disagree with this, in the high-profile world of Trump and politicians against prescription drugs, you're starting to see some senators introduce bills. Um, I think both the Republicans and Democrats would like to go to the 2020 election saying we've reformed somewhat pharmaceuticals because prescription drug prices have become a major issue for both parties to the point that there has to be some agreement. So the proposal out there is ultimately trying to, what is the phrase, restructure, uh, rebuild the drug pricing landscape. And that could actually be a good thing because it could bring a lot more consistency. Reference pricing, as it's known, which would set drug prices based on benchmarks determined by government payers is part of the Trump administration proposal. And those fears have been pushing some of the stocks down. But there's a lot of fear right now in pharmaceutical stocks. And usually what happens in politics, it's not nearly as bad. So it's... You know how there's the fear of the unknown and the fear of the known. When Facebook gets hit with a horrific, oh, my God, no, $5 billion fine. We're like, oh, no, everyone. But at least it's known now. Same thing with a drug pricing bill. It could be a relief because right now we're fearing the worst. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. A brand new website at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Check it out. Um, Chad and I will be part of the Money Show this year, giving a speech. You can learn more about the Money Show at kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Remember that big Equifax data breach? Well, they've settled and they've agreed to pay between 575 and $700 million. And you can file a claim to get a piece of that settlement. You've heard about these class action lawsuits, right? You can go to EquifaxBreachSettlement.com. I'm sure you can just Google Equifax Settlement, but EquifaxBreachSettlement.com. And if you've been affected, you can put in a file for up to $125. File online or through the mail. Um, I would be surprised if you end up getting any of that. If you spent time or money dealing with ID theft issue that occurred after the hack, you're going to have to prove it. Um if there were any losses from unauthorized charges, if there's any cost of freezing, unfreezing your credit report, if there's any cost of credit monitoring, fees you paid a professional, it'll take a while. A lot of people will get frustrated with the process. It's one of the things I hate about class actions and Securities and Exchange Commission. I feel bad when you get ripped off that a company's committed a fraud, but I've been in the system long enough to know that it seems like the lawyers are gonna make the money and no one else. So that's worthy of note. One thing that I really, really like, and you have to really be able to say something like that when you invest. I like stocks that pay dividends. I like stocks that earn money and say, we're going to share some of that every 90 days with people who are our owners. And oftentimes, dividends are tied towards companies that are mature and have a little extra cash and maybe don't need to reinvest it in new technologies or new sales forces or anything like that. Companies like Microsoft are big. They're mature. Companies like Cisco System, big and mature. It's interesting to note that some of the high-tech dividends are some of my favorite dividends because it gives you a little bit of that sexy growth, i.e. the word technology. You know, Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto, right? How do you do that? But you're not buying, like, soil companies that, you know, they're not going to come up with soil 2.0. They're just going to go in the ground, dig up more soil and sell it. You're hoping companies like HP that have a 3% dividend yield can give you a little bit more with growth, just a little bit and a little bit in that dividend. And you're like, woohoo. A lot of times you find a lot of value in technologies, valuations, the price to earnings, price to sales, uh, debt to equity. These are all really important metrics to me. Return on equity, return on investment. But like Intel's trading at 12 times earnings. The market's trading like 18 times earnings. Apple's trading at 18 times earnings. So you, you kind of buy some downside protection with some of these companies that are really slow growers, but also are making, a, I don't want to use a dirty word because I will get kicked off the air, but a ton of money. They're pulling in a lot of cash and they share it with you as a dividend. Apple declared a quarterly dividend of $0.77 cents a share, up 5% from $0.73 cents, uh, recently. It's raised its payout every year since 2013. Microsoft has boosted its quarterly payouts. Um, since June 30th, Microsoft has spent $3.5 billion on common stock dividends, up 9% from year-ago levels. So they're kicking out $3.5 billion to you. Not to you, but to all shareholders. 
I know. Qualcomm pays nice dividend, but they have some legal issues clouding them. I own shares of Qualcomm. But companies like Microsoft, who has this massive, who has a nice dividend, it's not massive, but they also have things like the Azure cloud. So you're getting maybe a little bit of cloud sexiness, a little bit of growth to go with that dividend. They're now such a mature company, they can have some of their business fund some of the future plans. Oh, what else do we have? Um, You know, companies like Cisco, 10, 20 years ago, I would talk about them and talk about how their switches and routers and other networking tools were, were really sexy. And they didn't need a dividend. They needed to come up with the next switcher or the next router, whether it was a switch that connected a local area network, a regional area network, uh, a geo uh, interplanetary network. Like That's the technology that they're working on tying communication systems together. With that being said, they don't really, there's not that much technology for them to pursue at this point in time. And in the future, if there is, they could say, we're going to suspend our dividend, use all that cash so we can really wrangle this new technology. 5G is going to be a big one. More and more people are starting to talk about 5G as a big issue. Facebook um, is a little bit lower today. Really a solid quarter. But again, it shows you that they're hitting government regulation issues pretty hard, pretty fast. One analyst raised the price target on Facebook to $260 a share, which I don't think is crazy. Sales are up 45% year over year for four years running. Earnings per share are growing at a compounded annual growth rate of 62%. Facebook should trade at a healthy premium to the market and in the tech, stock, tech stocks in general. I'm okay with Facebook. I understand that there's a lot of FTC privacy issues, but you know how you always play rock, scissors, paper? And you're, I think my leaning is to go rock and your leaning is to go paper, and I kind of wish you went scissors. You kind of play rock, scissors, paper of Facebook is FTC fines, but one of them is incredibly loyal customers. And I think incredibly loyal customers trump the fines at this point in time in the regulation. Now, again, you can't say that forever. Um, but they got the, the Insta stories, they got the feed, they got the Facebook stories, they've got impressions, they've got ad prices, they got regulatory issues, they've got engagement, privacy issues. Zuckerberg is saying we need internet regulations because it would actually help them. It would stop other younger companies from taking chances. Um, one of the things that came out of the conference call was Zuckerberg talked about having secure private messaging over the next five years. Boy, how many marriages have been destroyed how many relationships have been destroyed from one spouse or one loved one seeing the other one's phone? Facebook is cited in a lot of divorce cases at this point in time, like a majority. So anyway, Facebook, I think um, it, it's still the same thing. Great fundamentals, but privacy and security issues could make the future a little bit on the messy side. Um, so that's out there as far as one of the top stories of the day. Recession indicators, be cautious on this. A lot of times we'll see an inverted yield curve and we'll say, hey, a recession's coming. Until that story kind of dies down and then we'll say, oh, look, um, every prior streak of seven or more months of negative readings in this index has caused a recession or led to a recession. And in this indicator that I'm seeing today, it's the Chicago Fed National Activity Index. It combines 85 other indicators into one, and it shows part of the country is sputtering. But be cautious on that because, you know, what do they say? 
seven out of 10 economists have predicted the last three out of 10 recessions or something like that. Um, just be cautious. There's a lot of people who predict. And if they were good at it, they'd probably, well, they'd be circus carnies. And once their circus carny power has been discovered, they'd probably have like somehow been born with superhero powers of prediction or luck. And then they would rule the world as a good guy or as a bad guy. So still we're going through this year, 2019, with the Department of Justice regulatory threat, whether it be on Facebook or Amazon or Alphabet or Apple, um, it continues to get run through. So that Facebook fine of $5 billion for privacy mishaps has probably got all of those tech companies saying, we should probably up our piggy bank just a little bit. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Markets have opened in the red. We are looking at the end of the month. We uh, are looking at a good quarter, a good month, and a good year to date. You know, I just told you this one indicator is flashing like slowdown. Here's another indicator. This is just the thing that I hate about financial media is because it changes minute to minute, and guest to guest can come out and say, look at this. This is good. Orders placed with the U.S. factories for business equipment posted the biggest gain in more than a year, and shipments unexpectedly increased, suggesting that corporate investment, CapEx, is regaining some momentum despite tariffs and global weakness. So that's kind of out there. So there's a little bit of strength. And again, you can find a little bit of negative. So my very best advice to you is take your time. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Did you see the viral video of the family members brawling at Disneyland and this big guy's punching his sister? And like, it's just crazy. That's got to be a nightmare for Disneyland. But ultimately, the family members seen brawling in the Disneyland viral footage are facing criminal charges. And I would bet you Disney's going to do everything they can to make sure that there's some court time for that guy. Because that's bad for business seeing uh, people brawl in front of your little children. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I do truly mean that. Hey, CFP Chad Burton did a great show this morning on the six tests to determine retirement readiness. It's a podcast. You can find it at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. But there's also a blog there that you can cut and paste um, the six tests to determine retirement readiness. This isn't fun stuff. Watching the Giants lose on their hunt for a wild card spot, every loss is a killer. It's no fun. But you got to do it if you want the glory. You got to do it if you want the goodness of, like, maybe they pull it off. Same thing with retirement. These tests stink. Risk number based on six-month tolerance. Boring. Linear cash flow models. Dull. Monte Carlo simulations. All pass unless James Bond is in Monte Carlo. Safe money withdrawals. So Chad's put together a really nice document on long-term simulations tied towards retirement issues and income and what you need to be factored in as far as your tests go. Are you ready to retire? So you can find the podcast at newfocusfinancial.com, but even more importantly, you can get that downloadable there as well. Um, Activision got an upgrade to buy from neutral. I'm watching this space closely right now. The video game pose uh, space. In large part, Electronic Arts and Activision are kind of like the two big giants. 
we have 2020 as new platforms coming out, the new PlayStation and the new Microsoft Xbox, plus Google's coming out with something. And somebody else will probably come out with something. You know, Apple's trying to be more of a um, platform for gaming. So it's a mobile catalyst, Call of Duty. It's uh, coming late third quarter. Diablo for mobile, late third quarter. So again, Diablo Mobile? What a game, but I don't know if it's going to work on mobile. That's that's a kind of a fear. So a lot of people look at the next few years as Activision having a better slate than, say, EA. So they like Activision better than EA. This is the greatest thing about investing is you learn to compare. It's kind of a Sophie's choice where you actually do have to pick. And it's a horrible thing to ask Sophie, a mother in Nazi Germany, which one do you want to save, your son or your daughter? And she makes a choice that she has to live with for the rest of her life. Investing is about making choices. And I would never want to make the human choice on a child. But holy mackerel, making them on stocks, that's the best thing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Big weird day today. Federal government's going to resume executing death row inmates after nearly two decades without doing so. I don't know how I feel about that. It's been two decades since I had to think about that. So William Barr, the attorney general, he directed the Bureau of Prisons to schedule the executions of five inmates convicted for murder and other crimes. The executions have been scheduled for December 19th to December 2019 through January 2020. So they're coming up. Is that, I have a question for you, is that a platform to be reelected on? I don't know. I don't know. Stock market is open mostly lower today. There's pullback from record highs. The earnings reports that came out yesterday had mostly negative reactions to them as far as a group goes. So Xilinx had a weak number. It's pulling the whole semiconductor group lower. South Korea's SK Hynix, also a semiconductor player, also reported weaker than expected second quarter and gave cautious guidance and thus pulled the sector lower. Cautious guidance. A lot of these chip makers have to work with each other, uh, whether it's the end product or whether it's all the components that go into said end product. As they say, our guidance is weak. Maybe you assume the other guy who's inside that gadget is weak as well. Or were they front-loading or back-loading or margins improving or the margins declining? Do they have production snafus? But Boeing is a big negative on the market today. They have fallen to a six-week low as uncertainty regarding the 730 MAX continues to weigh on its outlook. This is kind of a civil war. I own no shares of Boeing, but man, am I ready? I'm ready. Am I going to pull the trigger? I don't know. But am I ready? I'm ready. American grounded the plane through November while Southwest grounded it through at least the end of the year. So I had booked a flight on Southwest and they basically switched out my flight saying, yeah, that that 737 MAX ain't going to be it. So you thought you were leaving at 7 that day on a direct flight. Now you're leaving at 750 that day and there's a connector. So my whole plans have been snafued and Southwest is kind enough to say, okay, you can go with another airline if you need to. So they lost a booking. Uh, but you see how that playing out into the economy. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Hopefully we gave away those tickets. Those are good tickets. A Royal Affair performance by Yes Asia, John Lodge, and the Moody Blues. You can call 800-516-1220 to get those tickets. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Also, that big blog, that retirement test Chad just posted today, and he's going to make it a downloadable right now, but it is a blog, and you can find that at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.